It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. And as I read that, I just now realized we completely forgot to talk to Roger Hayden about the Tricky Triangle Series. We didn't have enough time. I know. I don't know what I was thinking scheduling in 15 minutes before we were supposed to do another interview. <laughs> you think I after know. doing this for a couple of years, yeah, the problem was I wasn't thinking. Rookies. Uh, but he just flew in from North Carolina, so the helicopter landed right here in, behind uh, Quaker Stake, and then, uh, and then I think they're actually taking off right now. So uh, that, they were talking about not having a private jet, but whatever. They got their private jet. Uh, talking with Ryan Gilland, driver of the 46 hobby stock throughout the area and is your 2023 Eagle Raceway track champion. Uh, Ryan, it's been a pretty dang good year for you the last couple of years. It has. I... I have nothing to complain about. Uh, I have a good crew, and the car is handled good. And we've, we just, we kind of, the last couple of years, we just decided to go out and have fun instead of taking it so serious, and that, that's helped a lot. So winning helps. Yep. Um, <laughs> Ryan, yeah. Funny sorry, how that works. You said something there not a lot of people are going to be familiar about. Don't have anything to complain about. What is that? What, what's that? He thinks Roger's still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was sucking up to Roger. He, he can't um. take it from me now. <laughs> I think it's official. That's true. Well, I, I think we're still in the uh, appeal process, right? I, yeah. I think they got until uh, end of October for any appeals. Yeah, is this PG or is it? It's podcast, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lot of people listen. It's, they're not there get there are a few kids in the audience. So, <laughs> okay. So. okay. Yes, they're, they're pedestrians. Um, a good year for you at Eagle, at Eagle though. Uh, was this your first Eagle Track Championship? Yep. Yeah. Because yep. I know you'd won uh, down at I-80 I Speedway before. Yeah. Track Championships. Yep. Uh, talk a little more about your season and uh, kind of how everything folded out. I think you're going to end up getting a couple of wins. Yeah, we end up with uh, three wins at Eagle. And uh, we should have had a few more, but just one night was a mechanical failure, and another night was a black flag from Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Again, he is gone, so. (laughs) Uh, But but a a, a pretty comfortable championship. Adam Wasserman was knocking on the door, but you you talk about guys. I think you're wearing one of his shirts. Uh, Neil Pella really turned it on this year. Uh, Dave Carter was kind of uh, uh, was there. Uh, I think he picked up a couple of wins. Uh, Just a really quality uh, uh, field of of hobby stocks throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, me and Adam, we're really good buddies, and uh, we, we battled it out there, and Neil, I think he missed a night. He had a wedding or something, but he, you know, me and him are great buddies. We work on our cars in my shop, and he's, uh, you know, he just, he's always there whenever I need something, and I'm there when he needs something, and I I said all year long if I was going to lose that track championship, because that's what I went there for. I went there to, to, a few guys last year said, oh, you wanted I-80. They only had 15 cars so i went to my i wanted to go to eagle and prove that i could race 40 cars and still win a track championship and that's what we did and 
not that I have anything to prove to anybody. I just want to prove to myself more than anything. But, uh, you know, Neil and, Neil and Adam Wasserman, they're both going to have a track championship here before too long because they're, they're, they're really good drivers, and, you know, they put the time in. That's the big thing. You got to put the time in. If you, if you want to work on your car on Thursday night and go race Friday, it's, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Like you got you to gotta work Monday through Friday, Sunday through Friday on your car. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam grew up around it, so he's, he knows what it's going to take. Yeah, yeah. And Adam, <laughs> I thought Adam was going to beat me, honestly. And <laughs> I, if he would have beat me, I would have been okay with it. Like, that's the one person I would have been okay with beating me. If Neil would have beat me, I wouldn't have been okay with that. Because <laughs> that means I taught him too much. <laughs> I always love that dynamic of, of – uh, you know, mentor and mentee of, yeah. you know, I, I learned it at first being young in the sport with uh, Jack Dover and Cody Ledger. And I remember one night at IED Speedway, Cody pulled a trick on Jack and ended up getting the win. And I went over and talked to Jack and he goes, well, guess I'm going to pull back on how much I'm teaching him. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I've told Neil that a few times. He, he beat me a couple of times, uh, towards the end of the year. And I was like, well, I'm done helping you. And then I, so then I had to search for something else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great having that teammate where you guys are on the same track. Uh, do you run the same chassis? Yes. Yeah, so jet, running jet the same chassis. material. So it, there's a lot of back and forth you guys can do with kind of playing around with different setups and ideas. Yep. Yeah, does he have a similar driving style to you, or does he like a car setup similar to you? It's real similar, yeah. Um, we pretty much got the same thing. Uh, some, t- you know, some nights he'll try something crazy, or I'll try something crazy, and then we'll talk about it and go from there but yeah for the most part our cars are pretty much pretty much the same yeah uh and, and like i said a good uh, pretty dang good year for you uh looking at uh two wins a uh, lot of top top fives and top tens consistency won the game uh i think you were one of the few well it was you and, uh, and tyler drukey that going into championship night you pretty much had it locked up um, it, it would have taken a catastrophe on your part not getting into the feature or having a, having a bad feature and Adam winning. But uh, was there still a lot of stress going into that final night, or were you feeling pretty comfortable? There was, um, just because, I mean, I had a decent lead, but if, I mean, if I would have had something mechanical, blue motor or something, and Adam would have been in the top ten, he would have won, you yeah. know. So, but going back you know to i-80 last year i mean i went into the last night leading by three points and then i came out and won by one so that was stressful (laughs) this wasn't as stressful but it was still you know i still had to make the a and and finish yeah it's it's a normal points stressful night where everything's got to be buttoned up you got to be in the shop sunday morning getting ready for that week and probably going over things maybe a second time a little bit finer tooth comb. Yep, yep, that's the thing. I mean, I, a lot of times during the week, I'll check my car. I'll do the same thing three times during the week, you know, and just make sure I didn't miss nothing because it's easy to do. And yeah. if you don't take the time, then you'll, you know, you'll go out one night and you'll have a mechanical failure and that costs you the points championship. Yeah. You know, most of the guys make this checklist thing and you mark them off as you do them so you don't waste their time doing them three times in one week. <laughs> yeah, but I like, I can't, I'm getting older, so I can't really remember everything. 
You keep that's forgetting why the and, checks. Yeah. You, you keep forget the checklist. Yeah, checklist. so I just don't do the checklist. <laughs> He's got a whole ream of paper in the house. Yeah. yeah. Whole ream of checklist. But <laughs> first thing on the checklist is to create the checklist. Yeah. That's that's always my my. I that's the part skip I forget. Over that and then just keep on going down. Uh, well, I think I mean the number of times that uh, good finishes and, and maybe even championships came down. I'm thinking a recent one of uh, like Cody Ledger at the Race Saver Nationals. They went over that car. They made a bunch of changes to it. The car was fantastic. They forgot to put more fuel in it. And with three laps left to go in that A feature, two laps left to go, he starts sputtering and he goes from being in the A to not qualifying and have to come back on Saturday, which uh, I think he ended up going and racing for that USMTS. But just those little things of like checklists, like you, you, you got to remember to put fuel in it. It sounds stupid, but you got to remember to put fuel in it. You got to check your tire pressures. You got to, there's a lot of stuff you got to look over these things because once you're out on the racetrack, you could, oh no. <laughs> yeah, well, those yeah. those are the things you're checking every night at every race. You're checking your tire pressure, your fuel, yep. all that stuff. That's that's not the, the big stuff for the week in the shop, unless you're changing sets of tires and stuff. Then you can have them all aired up. But Right. Well, I can tell you a story. This it happened this year. So we were out. Um, it was probably mid-season or so, and we made, the, we made the A, and we were out running, and went out for the A and I'm like man my car was like half power and I didn't know what was going on and I I knew something was wrong with my throttle and didn't feel right and I probably should have pulled off like under parade lap or something and had my guys check it out but we didn't from the heat race to the A feature we didn't pull the hood off and a chunk of mud landed on the intake and between the heat race and the feature it must have dried out and it got hard and it got stuck behind my throttle on my carburetor. So the whole race, I remember this because I raced, I'm not going to say names, but we raced with some guys, and they were like, oh, man, I was racing side by side. It was so great. And I'm like, yeah, I was half throttle. I, I flipped the switch, and I turned 4,600 RPM. <laughs> and it was because a piece of mud was, was stuck behind my throttle, and I couldn't open my throttle up. Wow. Well, if it was dry slick, it probably helped. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I don't, remember if, I don't remember if it was dry slick or not, but 4,600 RPM, even if it was dry slick. Had a rev limiter. It's not going to yeah. get what, it. It was hobby stock. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your uh, RPMs on that when you're wide open? Uh, usually 6,800. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We can o- go open s- motor? Yeah, open yeah. motor. Yeah, it's the only way to go. We're talking with uh, Ryan Gillen, your 2023 Hobby Stock Track Champion at Eagle Raceway. Uh, I kind of got the feeling when you were talking about you wanted to come to Eagle and win one uh, that it may have been a one and done for you. Are you going to come back and defend in 24? I don't know what we're going to do for sure, but uh, it's going to be hard not to come back and try. Yeah. You know? I mean, you might as well come back for the first four or five weeks, see where you land yeah. the points. When you're leading, just... Keep uh, feeding some bad information to Neil. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll definitely come back at the beginning, and we'll see how it goes. Keep yeah. Adam in line. More than likely. I mean, two years ago, I told my wife, I was like, eh, I just want to race one more year, and then I won the track championship at IED, and I said, eh, let's go one more year. Yep. And then I won Eagle, and I'm like, eh, let's go one more year. Might as well go one more year. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. And it, it, just keep saying this is the last year and then keep winning that's, championships. That's, that's what I'm doing. That's I'm really working all on it. Takes. I'm trying. These, these yeah. guys that are in the shop all week long, they got it all wrong. All yeah. you got to do is announce your retirement, and then you win a championship and you just keep coming back. Yeah. It's, it, it's the old uh, 
Mark Martin treatment. <laughs> yeah. Well, Don't my, pull a Carl Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter loves it, so. Is she a kart racing or is she, she helping out? She turns five in April. Yeah. And she, I said, do you want to race go-karts? And she said, yeah. But she wants to practice at home by herself first. Yeah. So. That's, uh, I mean, I, I, I talked to a couple of these kids that go out there and race at Eagle, and it's scary. I mean, it's a small track, and when you're not used to those reactions, you have to have that reaction time, and especially at that young age. I mean, I'm 40-ish, and I couldn't have that reaction time. I, the, James Rowland has tried so many times to put me into a cart at Mini-E, and I find a way to get out of it every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Hopefully my daughter likes it because I want to. I mean, if she doesn't want to do it, we won't do it. But if she yeah. likes it, we're gonna we're gonna get full full into it. So plans for the next couple of weeks. Uh, do you have any more races left to do, or is the forty six hung up for the year? No, I was. We were planning to race last weekend at Beatrice. That got rained out, and then uh, I'd like to go to um, Park Jefferson, South Dakota, this weekend. But Neil thinks he's got to get married and have a. Uh, bachelor Come party on. this weekend. Yeah, so. and they're calling for rain this weekend. Yeah. It's supposed to be dry all week. Yeah. So. so he kind of ruined the racing, but I guess. Where's that guy's head at? I know. It's all about Neil. Jesus. I, yeah, I've, I've ran into him in the pits. He's a, <laughs> he's a hoot. <laughs> his, his head was in the fact that he was going to run sixth in points and want to just junk the car at the end of the yeah. year. So. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, all right, let's make sure to thank some of those great sponsors that help the 46 machine uh, get up and down the road and win those championships. Yeah, I got to thank uh, Concrete Corrections. They really helped me out a lot this year. Uh, Burroughs Real Estate, Stone Cold Restorations, they build my motors. I mean, it's the motors are awesome. 5-2 Customs, Jet Racing, Gillen Builders, Gillen Electric, Ironwood Builders, Paul Scholl Construction, J.R. Lidl. JTR Logistics, uh, Win Electric, Greg and Bridget, Extreme Motorsports, you know, and then I got to thank my wife, Melissa, my daughter, Callie. They're there every week. Good call. Uh, <laughs> Neil, Snoop, Filder, Travis, Remy, Chris, Jeff, Skyler, Emily, Zachary, Michaela, Melanie, Jaden, Sean, Ashley, Waylon, Brad, my mom and dad. I mean, I couldn't do it without all these guys. It takes takes countless hours in the shop. I mean, yeah, we're not always working when we're in the shop, but... Sometimes you're helping to lighten the refrigerator load. Yes, gotta keep yes. That. You gotta make, make, that thing's got to make weight as much as the car does. It does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. they got to make sure that recycling check from the aluminum company is a good check. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. that's how I buy my tires. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, I think, I don't, you got anything else for Ryan? I got one question. Okay. I have something that nobody else is going to care about, but where did the number come from? that a cold trickle <sighs> memorial deal, or what is that? No, well, a little bit maybe. But So when I first started racing, um, I raced Crazy Cruiser with my uncle, and we were 98 because that used to be my grandpa's number. Okay. And then I bought a car with my cousin, Travis Blythe, and we were number 10. And then... Um, 10 and 98, that equals 46. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're getting there. And then, uh, so then a buddy of mine, Matt Bernhardt, he, he's passed. But uh, me and him bought a car together. And then I picked a number, and he picked a number. And I picked four, he picked six. And that's where we came up 46. But probably because of 
troll kit, you know, troll trickle. trickle. Yeah, well. probably <laughs> probably had something to do with it. Back in like '83 or '84, Sunset was starting the Bronco class, which morphed into the Pro Ams, which is basically now a, like a stock car class. Mm-hmm. And I built a car, a '68 Chevelle. I never raced it. But when I bought my number, it was 46, and I actually sold the car. Roger Hayden ended up buying it. It was his first race car, and I think he ran two years with it and finished in the top five both years with it and points yeah. out there at Sunset. But that's why I was curious when Did I saw the 46. keep it number 46? Yeah. Sweet. And the neat thing on the other side of it is I've got the side of a truck that won a Craftsman Truck Race in Bakersfield, California in 2003, driven by Dennis Setzer, and that truck number was 46. Good number. Yeah, I've got the side and sitting in my apartment garage, laying on the wall. <laughs> it's working for you. Yeah, I'm not going to change it. A couple more championships left to go. I hope so. <laughs> Ryan Gillen, man, it's always good talking to you. Yep. Thank Thanks, you, buddy. guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, there Congrats. was always a cheering crowd when we would do your high noon winners interviews. Did they did they make it out tonight? I don't know. They're kind of quiet. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for us in uh, turn number one. Hang tight. We'll be right back in turn number two. We're going to get you set for the weekend of racing to come, and we'll cover any news and headlines that may have happened since we last talked to you. Dirk and I'll be right back on the front stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids' Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All-You-Can-Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs. Enjoy all the sights, sounds, and smells that Quaker Steak and Lube has to offer. You can do it in person, uh, or you can even order out. I I think there's a couple of uh, delivery services that are available throughout the metro that will deliver all their great foods. And Dirk, we're going to talk a lot about it over the next couple of weeks, because on Monday night, for the Eager Raceway Track Champions interviews, we definitely got to enjoy the sights, sounds, and smells. Yes, we did, and there were several people torturing us with the smells. Yeah, yeah. Didn't really get but a chance yeah. to talk much with Anthony and Lydia. They showed up a little bit late, and uh, we were kind of busy with trying to get caught up after the technical issues and getting everything arranged and then trying to get a little food in our stomachs. But uh, always nice seeing those two, and uh, I assume they'll probably be back for the uh, Phoenix Championship Party, which I got to create that event and get it going. But uh, that's just around the corner here in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. 
All right. Uh, big thanks to Ryan Gillen, hobby stock track champion at Eagle Raceway for joining us in turn number one. Turn number two, we're going to cover a couple of headlines. Not much has happened since we talked to you guys, uh, but there has been a couple of developments on some new stories and a couple of new headlines that are coming out. Plus, we'll get you set for this weekend of racing to come. So without further ado, we have had a little bit more of a development in the disqualification and then undisqualification of the number 12 team of uh of uh, of uh, ryan blaney and um it, it's kind of coming down to me and again this is all kind of perception i know you and i have had a little bit of a dis- uh uh not, i wouldn't say disagreement but we're seeing the way this is unfolded a little bit different but listening to the interview that was done on sirius xm by brad moran who's now been in the spotlight uh twice when i'm pretty sure he would prefer not to be uh, NASCAR. what's that in a short period of time. Yeah. NASCAR Cup Series uh, Managing Director. He was talking with Dave Moody and basically said that um, the plate that is the, the, the piece that is used to test the shocks uh, at some point in time, they believe a set screw that holds the plate in place that sets the length of the shock. It holds uh, came the loose. They said there was like dowel pins and yeah. that's where the bolt would go through on the shock. Yeah. The shock should fit on those tool dowel pins, but they said that set screw came loose, like you were saying, and somehow moved the dowel pin and evidently moved it to where the shock would not fit. And the big question that I've seen with a lot of people online, I know you've asked it, we asked it with uh, Tuesday's episode, how did just the 12 car, how are they the only one in a weekend of this? these shocks being tested, how are they the only ones that failed? And the only real explanation that Brad Moran was able to give, and you could kind of feel like he wasn't confident in this answer when, when I listened to him on uh, Dave Moody's uh, NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Uh, I think what's his show Speedway, I think, or Speedway something on, on NASCAR radio. But anyways, uh, Brad basically said, you know, it's possible that the 12 team was just really close with their shocks to that line. And because of the, um, the template being off or the, or the plate or whatever it was that was off, uh, they ended up testing illegal because they were so close to the line. I have a really tough time believing that the 12 car was the only car in the field that um, that was pushing the, the line, that was getting really close to that. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a gray area. They make it pretty clear, but... If it's three inches and in, 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 or whatever the, the length was that it was the shock was supposed to be, they feel like the reason why the 12 car failed was because they were probably the closest to that limit. And with the piece being um, off, that it ended up testing illegal. Well, now, see, that's all he said on the Moody show. If you go read that other article, what he said is when they went back and checked their notes from the race weekend, they also found, I know one car was Suarez, but I don't remember the other car. There were two other cars that could not fit on the template. Mm. And that was in pre-race or probably pre-tech or uh, pre-qualifying. You know, the first the first set of tech that they did. And they don't say what they did to those teams. Did we make them get another shock? Mm-hmm. You know. Or did we just let them go because they weren't in the playoffs? But they said they checked every car. Did did I see right that there was two cars that started from the rear for some reason this weekend? Yeah. Well, Suarez was one of them. So that could be because I think when they before the race, they said uh, 
Um, they're starting at the rear for improper adjustments. Chase Elliott started from the rear too, I think. Yeah, but that. Yeah, I, I think that's right. The other car. Yeah, but I, I just remember Suarez and Chase Elliott might be the other car. I just don't remember who it was. I just there were two cars. One was Suarez. It sounds very the same issue. That sounds right to me. But I'm, I'm know, looking so up the notes now. But it wasn't just Blaney. There were three cars that had issues. Blaney was the only one post race. But I doubt they checked the 99 and whoever that other car was, if it was Elliot. Yeah, I'm um, looking at the uh, post-race notes, and it was the 9 and 99. Now, there is a parenthesis there after the 99 that says backup car. So did Suarez go to a backup car for issues during practice, or did the 9 and 99 go to backup cars because they both had issues during qualifying or practice? That I don't know. Okay. I just remember 99 was one of the two cars that had a shock issue. I just don't remember who the other car was. Yeah, I'd have to go back and reread the article. In the but history of your, your time with NASCAR, I would assume that this is probably not the first time they've had a tech inspection piece that has been faulty in for one reason or another. Um, I don't recall anything being faulty. Of course, I held, you know, a quarter inch thick piece of aluminum for a template, you know, around, uh, you know, a body of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember ever, you know, having any problems with them or a, a wheelbase template or anything like that. So, you know, the fact that somehow this set screw came loose, you know, they said Harvick screws on his windshield couldn't come loose. How the hell did this set screw come <laughs> loose? Yeah. Uh, and just to go back and, and get the information right, uh, the extended damper lengths, according to the rule book for overall track, uh, for oval tracks, left front 22.55 inches, left rear 21.65 inches, right rear 22.65 inches. I don't see a right front listed in this graphic. And I don't know which, oh, it, was, it seems to be the left front shock was off. So, Right. Supposed, to be 20, supposed to be 22.5. Point, I thought it was 0.55. What did I say? 22. Yeah, 22.55. Sorry. So if it was 22.548, you know. Yeah. Then it's not long enough and it doesn't fit. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I, uh, so I, may- I have just with my, with what I know of their process, I just don't understand this set screw deal. To me, it, it, Sounds a lot like a, just an excuse to get Penske's car back in. Yeah. I don't buy but, into conspiracies like that. NASCAR has had a long history of DQ and anybody except for Roger, uh, excuse me, uh, Richard except Petty. for Roger Penske. You are right. You <laughs> oh, they've DQ'd him before. The only thing I, I can think of is Richard uh, Richard Petty the with his, uh, what was it, his 200th win, and his engine was pretty dang uh uh, solid to be an illegal. 20, it was over 20 cubic inches yeah. too big. Yeah. And, uh, but th- there's been plenty more of them, you know, but back then, you know, up until very recently, they didn't disqualify anybody. Richard Petty got fined his whole purse. He mm-hmm. didn't get paid for racing that weekend. Right. But he kept the win. It still counted towards his 200 on his official yeah. stats. I, the, so my favorite story I don't, over the last seven years, there's until the last several years. So I don't, I don't remember who I heard the story from, if it was in person or, or watching like a YouTube thing or something. But I remember, uh, 
I want to say it was Andy Petrie was sitting around talking after the races and Richard Petty came up to him and, and just looked distraught. And, and Andy said, whoever it was said, what's the matter, Richard, you, you look like you're not having any fun. You just want to race. And he says, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to find that engine illegal. It's, it's, uh, they tested it and it's a little bit bigger than it's supposed to be. And Andy says, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, right after the race, everything's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more expanded. They'll wait about an hour, let it cool down and, and they'll test it again and it'll be fine. And Richard says, yeah, you could send that thing to Antarctica and it ain't going to test. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just the opposite of the way things work when you start pumping uh, cubic inches, because they use the exact same pump um, in the, in the cup series that was used down at IED Speedway and at Sunset and everything else, the exact yeah. same piece of equipment. And since everything expands, the metal and everything expands, the numbers get lower. So you have a, a factor on uh, based on the temperature of how much things are going to expand and what your numbers are going to be. So just the opposite of what Andy was saying, but the, the gist of the whole thing is correct. The story is the better part, I think, <laughs> if it was even true. Well, it just Richard's response is the only part that needs to be said, you know. <laughs> yeah, he knew it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Little Sunset Speedway, or the track formerly known as Little Sunset Speedway, announced their 2023 uh, annual turkey chase. going to be the 17th annual turkey chase. I believe it's going to be at the Lancaster Event Center again. Tickets information uh, still to come, but they released their rules, and uh, you can find those on their Facebook page. They apologize for the delay on getting those out, but I uh, imagine they're kind of a little bit busy with getting the season wrapped up for all three of their touring series and everything they've got going on. But uh, just uh, kind of nice to see. Uh, rules and information being released released for another event and a long day of racing for the uh, annual Turkey chase going on November 24th, I think 25th and 26th. I believe that's a three day show. Yeah. It's usually Friday, Saturday and Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. So yeah. So that'd be right. Then 24th would be Friday and then Saturday and then Sunday. So 25th, 26th. Get more information on that. And uh, I think I, I heard a rumor that they, that race may be, uh, or that weekend may be, uh, streamed so there may be something coming for that deal uh do you remember if they streamed it last year uh no i don't recall if they did or not i would imagine they're either gonna have uh they're gonna have one of the streaming services and it's most likely gonna be uh their own streaming service the dirt crown tv so that might be a good way to get out there and watch that race and uh you know i always have a tough time because like you said it's over thanksgiving weekend and it's always kind of a hectic weekend for uh for everybody so i always have a tough time getting out there but I, i'd love for it to be streamed i could sit down and watch a couple of the races and throw a little bit of money towards one of these carters i think uh racing grayson one of the carts that i sponsor down at eagle raceway is going to be out there so turkey Grace chase details Grace. are coming i don't think i have anything else i guess former bk racing owner ron devine has been indicted by the u.s attorney's office he must be having a little bit of issue wouldn't be the first one won't be the last Four counts of failure to pay payroll taxes, according to a release from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Western District Court of North Carolina. Yeah, well, that's never a good thing. But Last year, the bankruptcy team, bankruptcy court sold the team's charter, assessed at $2.08 million. Front Row Motorsports were the ones that purchased that and some of the assets. So they got a steal compared to what we're seeing the charters go for now. Yep. I don't yeah, think I got anything else as far as news and notes. You got anything else? No, I was, uh, uh, you know, I listened to a lot of the reports finally that came back from Vegas and 
some of that uh, radioactive that they pump out. It sounds yeah. like Christopher Bell was ready to do whatever he had to do if he got to Kyle Larson on <laughs> Sunday. But that didn't have to happen. He did say that uh, he thought his one chance of getting in the Final Four has kind of whiffed away. Mm. And uh, he's had a couple polls here recently. You know, he's been starting up front. And a second-plate finish normally isn't bad. But when it's kind of a win-type situation, um, you know, he just hasn't been able to c- collect that win. So Yeah, yeah and, and uh, Homestead has not been a favorable track for him in the last two years. Uh, finished... 11th, not bad, but but uh, it's got to be better if you're wanting to qualify for the round of four. Uh, 11th in uh, 2000, in, uh, this time last year. And then uh, 2021, it was a November race. He ended up finishing 20th on that day. Well, if he collects some stage points, you know, and, and other guys, you know, certain places are having bad days and it really doesn't bother him. Yeah. You know, he, he had a good points day the other day. You know, obviously he wants, or I'm going to say Joe Gibbs is probably wanting Truex and Hamlin. I mean, when you're one of three cars trying to move along, you know, and then along with under the Toyota banners, banners Tyler Reddick, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's going to have his hands full. His uh, his crew chief said that he would not be surprised if two cars got in on points, which he's saying either Larson wins one of the next two races or whoever wins Martinsville wins uh, Homestead. Or you know, maybe a, or a, a non-playoff driver wins one of the races. Yeah, but in all honesty, I don't see that happening, but it very well could because there's some good drivers already eliminated. It, it's really tight right there in the bubble. Christopher Bell is currently sitting fifth. First car outside the bubble, two points out. Truex, two points above in fourth. Hamlin, two points above. Well, Hamlin and Truex are tied for points, both two points above. William Byron with an 11-point advantage. Uh, over fifth place, really uh, going into these next two races, absolutely no one is safe. I mean, other than Kyle Larson, who's locked into the round of four. But um, well, what's the back marker? Where's Chris? Where's Chris Busher? Twenty three points behind fourth. Is he the is he the last place guy, or is there somebody mm-hmm. worse than him? He's the last place guy. Blaney is seventeen points back, and Reddick is sixteen points back. You know, it basically what I'm If you consider Byron safe, you're going to throw out Reddick and Busher, <laughs> Blaney. Yeah, I'm not considering him safe. 11 points, I don't think he's safe at all. Oh, neither do I. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of days. The Forever 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway going on Sunday at 1.30 Central Time. Get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickups Contest. Practice and qualifying will go down on Saturday morning starting at 8. Woo, it's going to be an early morning, 8 a.m. for these guys. There'll be a, about a two-hour window where they'll do practice and qualifying. That'll be broadcast on the NBC Sports app, and then they'll have the race on Sunday. I've been kind of a, a – I think a little bit to my surprise, I've been a fan of Homestead because this has got to be one of the widest racing surfaces, racy surfaces on the schedule, where these guys are basically – they've almost got three lanes to pick from. Do you want to run your car low, middle, or high? And it seems like most tracks are, are either going to be low or high. The Vegas had four lanes. Wow. But they, they didn't go clear to the wall this time, or, or very very few did. They're at Homestead. There's room for them to go five wide. Oh, yeah. That track is very wide. So saying it's three grooves, you know, they'll probably only race in three, but it's very, very wide. And I think it's kind of silly that they're going to uh, do their practicing and qualifying at 8 o'clock in the morning and then, you know, race. <laughs> the middle of the afternoon yeah 
but I, they I, do this several times a year. It's nothing new. And and the crew chiefs have been around long enough. They know what the track's going to do when it starts getting a little shade. You know, it's going to be hotter, first of all, when they start the race. But by the time they finish the race, it'll probably be similar to what they practiced on, except you know, it'll have a bunch of rubber. Yeah, and they it, it might be that way because it's a, it's a 2 o'clock Central Time start for the Xfinity Series on Saturday. So maybe they're just trying to give enough time to get that packed up and put away and, and maybe any kind of issues and then get to, but it's, what is that four hour window to get the, uh, the Xfinity series out on the racetrack and get that started. I said, well, uh, it goes eight to 10. So I, yeah, about a, a five hour window. You got plenty of time. I guess it, it is a little bit early. Well, I just, what time does Xfinity qualify? I don't see their qualifying. Let me go over their page and find out. Yeah, Kansas, they they qualify, they practice and qualify the Xfinity cars from like uh, <laughs> uh, nine to ten, or they they had like forty five minutes to practice, then they qualified them back to backs, so but like nine to ten thirty. Mm-hmm. Then they turned around and ran the same type schedule for the Cup cars and got the Cup qualifying all done around noon. And then it was like one thirty or 2 o'clock when the Xfinity race started. But this time it looks like they're doing it backwards. Yeah, and Xfinity is qualifying on Friday. Oh, okay. I don't see anything. Well, oh, that's why. It's a triple header weekend. The truck series is there too. And the truck series is scheduled to start at 11 a.m. So they're not running the trucks on Friday night, uh-uh. which is what they would normally do down. So they're going to run the truck race at 11 a.m. and clean it all out and then come back with the Xfinity race. So a double yep. header on Saturday. Yeah, and it looks like qualifying for the truck series practice qualifying will be on Friday also. So it'll be practice qualifying for trucks on Friday and then Xfinity will practice and qualify. Then they'll come back Saturday morning and do cup series practice and qualifying truck series race, Xfinity series race. And then they come back Sunday and do the cup series race. Part of the deal where they're trying to save them a little money instead of just going ahead and, you know, they, they could have done it and run the trucks on Friday. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a two for deal. You, you, when you buy tickets down to Homestead, you get on Saturday, you could buy the Xfinity series race and the truck series race for one price. Well, and they probably do that this year, but I'm just saying in, in a normal year and in the past, that's not the case. Yeah. All right, this race last year for uh, Homestead Miami Speedway, again, the uh, Forever 400. It's the tribute to uh, Kevin Harvick. Kyle Larson ended up picking up the win. He was not a playoff contender in this race last year. He played spoiler. Ross Chastain came home in second. A.J. Allmendinger in third. Austin Dillon in fourth. And Brad Keselowski with the top five. Then it was Truex Jr., Hamlin, Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Daniel Suarez, your top tens. Uh, Chase Briscoe ended up finishing tail end Charlie. John Hunter Nemechek, who we talked about, is going to be in the 42 car, right? This weekend uh, for for a Legacy Motor Club? Yes. He ended up finishing 27th at this race last year, one lap down. Nobody else really of, an, uh, of note finishing outside the top 20. This race, February of 2021, William Byron ended up getting the win. After Lee, uh, finishing fourth in stage one, leading stage two, and then again getting the win. Tyler Reddick finished second, Martin Trucks Jr. third, Kyle Austin fourth, and Kevin Harvick top five. So top four are all playoff contenders or playoff drivers. Michael McDowell, Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, and Kyle Busch ended up rounding out your top 10. Outside the top 20, seeing Ryan Blaney finish 29th, uh, Joey Logano 25th. Christopher Bell, 20th. We already talked about that, but 
couple of playoff drivers finished outside the top 20 in this race in uh, again February of uh, 2021 and that's kind of a weird time for them to run this race do you remember that was post semi post COVID we're still kind of coming out of it but that was a uh, Sunday February 28th was when they ran this race yeah, they were trying not to uh, do so much crisscrossing of the country that year. Oh, so they, so they went, they so they tried to stay within ice. That makes sense. Got it. Uh, I don't have anything else. You got anything else, Dirk? Nope. Uh, just be some, uh, hopefully, some good racing on Sunday. I hope somebody just doesn't go out and kick everybody's butt. You know, this is the point where NASCAR, if they get a good race two here before the championship run can actually say see we told you this is how racing should be you know and part of that would be if kyle larson would go ahead and, and win like he did last year but byron's won there before i know tyler reddick won there i think two years in a row in the xfinity so he runs good there so it'll be some good racing and uh make for some interesting point situations going you, you might end up with about three or four cars that pretty much have to win that last race so you'll have uh some guys you know giving it everything it'll, it, it'll be their championship should be fun to watch next couple of weeks is going to be a good time that's going to do it for us today big thanks everybody for joining us make sure to like and share the front stretch podcast so we can continue to grow uh nate thompson is going to join us next tuesday and then we'll talk with chad anderson next thursday as a part of our ego raceway track champions interviews nate won the stock car track championship uh chad won the uh, modified track championship and we get to talk to them uh at quaker steak and lube on monday night this coming monday we are still working on finishing up the details but we're working on a beatrice speedway track champions interview We've got two confirmations uh kylie richards the sport compact track champion will join us at seven o'clock still waiting on a final time from uh tyler huss who won the uh hobby stock track championship uh we're gonna get he's working in the field and said he'd probably have a time that he'd be able to come down this weekend, assuming they didn't have any issues. And looks like the weather has been uh, decent enough. They should be getting wrapped up in the field. So he should be able to join us uh, on Monday night, but make sure to uh, find the event page on Facebook, Beatrice Speedway Track Champions interview going on at Quaker Steak and Lube this coming Monday. And uh, we'll get you details on all the people that are going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to be, you know, there's what uh, uh, four, I think, or five, five track champions and, um, haven't heard back from a couple of them. So we may fill it up with other interviews. Uh, I know that, uh, Stu Snyder was wanting to come down and talk to us about his Malvern bank 360 championship. And we wanted to get Jason Martin on the show about his ESCS ASCS national championship. So we may kind of sprinkle in some other interviews in there, but the main theme will be the Beatrice speedway track champions interviews. Yep. Hopefully we get some news from those guys here in the next day or two so we can fill the spots. Hopefully join us on Monday night at Quaker Steak and Lube, and then we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday with another race recap from Homestead Miami Speedway, and we'll get you updated on all the news and notes from around the area. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Karting and Quaker Steak and Lube.